going forward, it's going to get more expensive. So you may be on the more like 15% range, which may change what you choose to sell and the profit margins you find acceptable in your products before ads, because I would expect the ads percentage to just be higher than it was before. Sadly. Yeah. Hey folks, this is Michael Vesey from Amazing FBA Podcast for Amazon Sellers. I'd like to introduce an episode from our sister podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, which has got a slightly broader remit for all e-commerce sellers. In this deep dive episode, Jason Miles and I deep dive into a key e-commerce topic. Hope you enjoy the show. If you would like resources and links and other help, to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 423. Are your ad costs skyrocketing? If so, this episode is for you. We're going to discuss seven things you can do when ad costs skyrocket out of control. Michael, are you ready to jump into this fun topic? <laughs> I am, yeah. I like the way everything's fun for you. I'm not sure that ad costs it's skyrocketing. A fun, <laughs> it's a learning exercise, right? Yeah. Yeah, intellectually fun. When your ad costs are skyrocketing, I think it's is less fun, but certainly dealing with it is really important. That's true. Okay, okay, Michael, are you ready to dive into this depressing topic? Yeah, man. <laughs> All right, let's do it. So you mentioned a moment ago why you wanted to tee this up before we were doing the podcast recording. So what's the gist behind this whole topic? Why did you bring this to our attention today? I think it's probably not just on Amazon. In fact, I'm pretty certain it isn't, but particularly on Amazon, ad costs have gone up this year. I think in the first four months of the year, the stats I've seen say that it could be up to 30% higher than last year, mm -hmm. just in a few months. Even if that's not going to be true across the board, but I have seen quite a few of my clients, particularly the big sellers in the 10K collective have really experienced some pretty big hikes in certain markets. So it's always an important skill anyway, even in good times and in bad times, it's essential for survival to get your ad costs under control. Yeah, absolutely. I saw one stat. I was just searching around for the latest info. According to eMarketer, the overall ad market and digital spending increased by 20% this year so far as of April 2021. That's, of course, across all ad platforms, not just Amazon. So suffice it to say, ad spending is up. That means your competition is up. That means your success metrics might be challenged or go down. And so it just means a more competitive environment. So let's, with that backdrop or with that reality, let's just dive right into the problem solving situation. What can you do if your ad costs are skyrocketing? So when we work with our clients in our coaching and consulting practice, we do have this occur frequently and we do have a set of suggestions and we're going to walk through those now. There's seven of them. And so let's just jump into them. So the first one is you want to operate your advertising as a part of your marketing budget overall and your marketing and advertising budget in totality should be in a range of eight to 15%, we like to say, of your top line. Uh, revenue. So for example, if made $100,000, if your business generated $100,000 in top line sales, then you would want to be spending between eight dollars and $15,000 a year in total on your marketing. Now, some consumer packaged goods companies push that higher, even up to 20, 22%. And you can Google around and see the statistics, but you want to operate in a range and you want to operate in a range so that you don't blow out your uh, profit and accidentally spend all your money on advertising and look down at the end of the month or quarter and say, what happened to my profit? Where did it all go? And oh my gosh, I was spending way too much on advertising. So 
operating with a, within a range is just a good budget discipline and practice. And over time, what you'll realize is sometimes you're in the low end of that range. <laughs> oh, I'm only spending like 6% or 8% of my top line sales right now on ads marketing. Other times it'll be at the high end of the range. You'll be like, oh my gosh, what in the world? I just, I'm spending 20%. And so you want to try to stay within that that a zone of kind of tolerable ad spend. So that's the first thought, Michael. I don't know if you have input or ideas on that. What do you say to your clients or what do you hear from your mastermind group? First of all, yeah, it's a great discipline. Very similar thoughts on that. It can be, although that's less of a problem given what we've said, that you can be under advertising and actually missing out on profitable revenue. But equally, not having a range is very dangerous. So having one and keeping an eye on it is the most important thing. Simply having a number and monitoring to that number, if you do nothing else, it will really begin to get things under control. And if it's totally out of control, that's the first thing. Don't be reactive, emotionally driven. It sounds like a weird way of putting it, but a lot of us are. We panic when we see the ranking drop and we pull the nearest lever, which is ad spend. So that's the first thing I'd say. Secondly, the average cost on Amazon gone up so much. I don't think it's just because we're having an extreme 2021, although we are. Amazon's got huge drivers behind why they are going to be increasing ad costs, I think, forever, just as Facebook ads are now the way to access Facebook. Organic reach has gone down, similar with Google ads as a percentage of the market. So I think we have to assume that going forward, it's going to get more expensive. So you may be on the more like 15% range which may change what you choose to sell and the profit margins you find acceptable in your products before ads, because I would expect the ads percentage to just be higher than it was before. Sadly. Yeah. Yeah. Ad Amazon advertising costs are going to go up because about two or three years ago, they announced that one of their new primary revenue streams is going to be advertising. Dollars. Oh yeah. So as yeah. soon as they put a bullseye on that target, you know what oh, they're yeah. going to do. They're going to optimize for their own outcome, which means that it's going to yeah. be more expensive. So it's less. And let's be very clear about this in case you're trying to delete yourself, poor Amazon sellers or partial, if you sell partly on Amazon. As a first body seller, they lost $40 billion last year. Prime is a massive driver for them, but there's no growth left in there. More Prime subscribers than our households in the US. I don't think that's going to grow that much. Then a third party marketplace is going to grow. The only way that's going to grow is to add to you. Maybe they take 20% as a sales commission, not 15%. That's not going to be good news either. And then it's advertising and that's growing by far the fastest. So this is not a temporary blip or a temporary storm. I think this is the future when we just need to learn to manage in this intense environment. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So if you don't know your numbers, then you've got some work to do to figure out what your numbers should add up to, to get to add that, that first concept. And so whenever we have a coaching client that is in a freak out, that's the first thing we always ask them is like, what amount of your ad spend, what amount of your budget is spent on advertising as a top percentage of top line? And frequently they'll be in freak out, but not know that percentage. And yeah. so that's, that's the, you got to channel this nervous energy into productive work. <laughs> yeah. and so that's the first thing. So the second big idea that we always like to talk to people is just to ask them very detailed questions about what their goals are for their advertising. Yeah. Do you have a goal? And if you ask somebody like, do you have a goal for your advertising? Most people are like, you're an idiot. Of course I do. It's to make money. <laughs> no, I'm not an idiot. I'm asking you a more <laughs> granular question. <laughs> so let's break it down for a couple minutes here. Yeah. There are a lot of way, ra ways in which you advertise for different outcomes. And so here's four or five of them. You could advertise to acquire a prospect, meaning that they don't have to buy from you. You just get their contact information or you pixel them or whatever. So that's acquiring a prospect is one goal for your advertising. Second one is, of course, to acquire a paying customer. Okay. The third one could be to build an asset like your email list or your text SMS messaging list. The whatever it is, fourth one could be to generate a second sale or a third sale 
from existing customers. So there's a lot of different granular outcomes. And you want to think through what am I doing with my ad spend specifically? And is there specific areas that is not working or that is working? And I'll just say the most costly advertising is to acquire a paying customer on the front end of an ad. Because you think about it, it's it's like the hardest thing. It's like trying to do a double backflip or something. You've got to put your brand in front of somebody and they've never heard of you before or seen you before, and you want them to buy a product from you. They must have a real burning, burning need for that item. And you're the magic solution that they don't even use. Yes, I need this. That's a rarity. More likely, they're like, do I need that? I don't know. Maybe. Who are you? And so that's just the tough sell. So your most expensive advertising is probably to acquire a paying customer. And then you want to break it down and say, if that's the one that's fallen apart, what can I do to acquire a prospect? Or what can I do to acquire a second or third purchase from existing customers? And you want to work through these end goals with budget and strategy behind each one. Yeah, absolutely agree about that. I think a lot of the time when there's a problem in the business, indeed in life, but let's stick to business, that's what we're here for, is it comes down to two things. Not measuring, which we've already talked about. If you don't have an objective or you don't have some measurement of something, then often that's when it's wildly out of control. And before you even do that, having a clear reason why you do stuff. And as you say, making more money often translates into make more revenue. Now, that is valid if you're trying to check market adoption for a new product, but that's the only time that's valid. Otherwise, Revenue is a horrible reason for doing anything because revenue is just money that flows past you, but you don't get to keep it. And it's so easy to forget that, even though we intellectually know it. And I think everything needs to be driven by profit now or profit in the future. For example, acquiring a customer, as you say, very expensive sometimes. But if you can sell to that customer repeatedly in the future, if you've got a direct-to-consumer site, e.g. Shopify, then you can just, that's an asset that produces future cash flows that wipe out the cost of acquiring them and then gives you profit. Whereas... What often happens on Amazon is, sadly, we don't really acquire customers. So in a way, it's a more brutal economic game. It's simpler, but more brutal. So people muddle up the appropriate ad spend for launch, which needs to be aggressive because you're trying to gain market share, which is the only time when revenue is a meaningful number, I think, i.e. if there's a market for $250,000 a month for a product and you can get 50,000 of those and you're the biggest player, that means something relative to the market. But as soon as you're launched, then if your objective is profit, then... The only valid driver for me is profit, which we'll bring, we'll come on to the numbers thing in a second. But I think a classic error is to panic about ranking and ignore your profit margin. And you start spending money in order to rank. That's just an Amazon game. Ranking doesn't mean anything outside of Amazon or for that matter, Google. They've just gamified you. And what matters, you can't eat ranking. Your bank manager won't let you take a loan out based on ranking. It's not 1999. People used to invest on the basis of eyeballs and ridiculous metrics like that. But that isn't the case now. So you have to come back to profit-driven metrics and everything has to be driven by that, in my opinion. No, totally agree. And obviously, this is why this podcast is fun because I'm always talking in generalities about omni-channel selling. Mm -hmm. Most of my commentary or thought is about holistic marketing beyond Amazon. And you're always like, wait, okay, for the Amazon seller. Yeah, sorry to be so Amazon-centric. i got to talk to what I know. But the thing is, actually, Amazon just is a more extreme and brutal and quicker and more obvious version of the other games we get to play. Because if you're obsessed about the Google ranking of your product page for a particular keyword, for example, okay, so the top three slots 
probably get in, in the search results pages, probably get 70% of the clicks. Great. But are those clicks actually that valuable? That's You've got to look at the numbers and see, because if they're not, you might actually find, and I've heard this and you'd know more than me from your broader canvas you look at, but I've heard a lot of people say that you might actually find the optimal position is position number three in these results, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah. You might not want to be as visible if mm-hmm. it doesn't make you as much profit. Yeah. And that's the only rational reason for doing it, really. Okay, great. Yeah, no, this is, this is really important. And so to your point, what you're really doing in Amazon is acquiring a purchase. You're, yeah. you're paying for, it's, a, it's pay for purchase. Pretty, and yeah. so w- one purchase, and that infl- it obviously impacts your bestseller ranking yeah, and in your placement on the charts and all that. So that's what you're doing when you set up your ads in AMS or advertising, Amazon advertising. I always call it AMS. I'm just going to always do that. I don't care. Hopefully people know that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so the, you're right. That's what you're doing. It is a much simpler mousetrap in a way. Yeah. And so you don't have the nuance of thinking about acquiring prospects or paying customers or building your email list, et cetera, et cetera. But nonetheless, you still want to apply the general principles that we're talking about here. Obviously, the business system within Amazon gives you feedback on your cost per sale and the ROAS number. What you're looking at is the how much did you spend and how much did it make you in incremental sales. And so that's a very specific set of numbers to play with. And yeah, but you've got to know those numbers. Mm-hmm. And so that's tip number three. So even if you're just only advertising on Amazon right now, or beyond, and you do advertise more broadly in other platforms, the tip number three is know your numbers. The biggest number that you want to work at as a marketer is the cost to acquire a customer, a paying customer. But there are a lot of other numbers that you want to learn about, the cost to acquire a prospect, the cost per social action, which is a phrase I'll describe in a moment, a cost per click, obviously, and not just cost per click, but cost per click across platforms or ad platforms and cost per sale. All of these you can Google and find out how to do the tabulation, you know, how to do the math. Many of them are very simple calculations. Is get this number and get this number and divide. And But you want to know these numbers and you want to learn what is priority for me what, and for our business. What is the most important thing I should be focused on? And if you're, in essence, an advertising babe in the woods and you're just blowing money, you don't have these numbers clear in your mind. You're like, I don't know what any of these are. Okay, stop spending very much money before you learn these things. Don't just headlong go into blowing tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars before you really understand these things and how they apply to your business. The cost to acquire a customer is probably the most well-known metric for any marketer. And it's what most people focus on. And you'll want to know what that looks like. Again, that's a beyond Amazon phrase or metric, but it's one of the things you want to think through. Getting clarity on these numbers over time is just the mission of the ad advertising team and the advertiser. And you're the de facto senior leader of your advertising team. So I, those are my thoughts. We could go into any one of those in detail. I mentioned the cost per social action. I'll talk about that in a moment if you'd like. But Michael, what are your thoughts just in general on knowing your numbers? First of all, I completely agree with knowing your numbers. If you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 423. So you obviously, as you said, you deal with a much broader sort of smorgasbord of ad platforms on a daily basis. It's not like I've never used the other ones, but they're not something I can speak to from lots of experience. So I'm just going to say that for me, whilst you should know your marketing numbers, 
they must always, in my opinion, be subordinated to the financial numbers. Sure. And they need to be very intimately tied in. And that is a lot of hard work and analytical thinking. And you may not be competent to do it, in which case you've got to get some training, guys. You cannot just ignore it. <laughs> so here's what I would say about the unit economics numbers. For me, again, on Amazon's rather more brutal, but I think this applies across the board. It's just more obvious on Amazon. Mm -hmm. First, for your advertising to sales ratio that you mentioned, if you say, for example, it's 10%, right? First of all, it has to compare to the gross margin of your products. You're selling a $100 widget and you've got 20% gross margin and you spent 10% on ads, then you've only got 10% left. Now that, that may or may not be acceptable, but you've got to be realistic about that number. The second thing is once you've done your, the, the gross margin after overheads, you, after, sorry, advertising, you've still got to cover your overheads. And if you know sure. that for your business, yeah. that you spend about 10% of your revenue on overheads, for example, you're making a million dollars a year and you spend a hundred thousand on overheads, that would be excessive by the way, but I've seen it. Then you've got to make sure that 10% is going to be covered. So if you've just made 20% gross margin before ads, 10% after ads, and you've got 10% overheads, you've made nothing for the year. And so you've got to make sure it jumps through all of those hoops. And if it doesn't, in the end, if you, whatever you levers you pull in the more micro world of advertising cost cutting, which we can talk about, but in the end, if it doesn't jump through those hoops, there's no point in continuing because you're yeah. just selling at no profit and you're not getting any benefit. Amazon, Google, Shopify, whoever is the platforms you're going by will be benefiting and you won't be. So in the end, you may have to just leave it, which is sounds like it, it's when advertising forces you down the path to think about unit economics and product mm -hmm. line choice, sadly. Yeah, totally agree. I was just going to play with the idea of tweaking Jeff Bezos's famous quote, but your margin is my opportunity. It's more like your advertising mistakes is my margin. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And by the way, whoever's in charge of Google uh -huh, totally. now, I can't remember. Yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Yep. Facebook. A hundred percent. People put, put crazy amounts of money through Facebook ads every so often. Uh -huh. Most in the Amazon world, they mostly stop because it's so terrifyingly effective. Now, if you have a direct to consumer site, you're more tempted to do it for longer. And I think if there's a key insight there, I think, and that's that most people stop advertising on Amazon quickly because they are a advertising for a specific outcome that they can see and clearly sure. understand. Yes. They're advertising for a sale mm -hmm. so they can see their failure very quickly. Yep. Oh my gosh, I just blew $300 and I made zero sales incremental. Yep. That is a disaster. I'm shutting this off. Whereas yep. on Facebook, you're like, I'm getting likes to my page. That's valuable, right? <laughs> you have these non, it's like not critical goals. And then in those <laughs> situations and you're less clear on your goal outcome, it is easier to blow money and continue to blow money. So anyway, I think that's part of the exercise. And maybe that's maybe that's a good thing. Maybe Amazon sellers are helped by having that clarity. Yeah, you're right. And to your point there, just two things. First of all, extremely good point that if you don't have goal clarity, it doesn't just result in mediocre results. It's a disaster potentially because of what you mm -hmm. just said, for example. And the second thing is people muddle up once you're outside this sphere of direct response marketing, which Amazon absolutely forces you down the line of Facebook doesn't always then mm -hmm. Seth Godin said this really articulately the other day on a video I watched and he's brought a new book out called this is marketing, but Seth Godin is always good on this stuff. Yeah. The difference between brand advertising and direct response marketing is you cannot measure directly the response of brand advertising mm -hmm. means there is no point in adding up the number of likes as a mm -hmm. proxy for the strength of your brand, because that's, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean anything. Whereas if you actually took an advert in the New York Times and you just kept advertising with a beautiful, beautifully designed customer avatar centric, really quality brand advertising that even though you can't measure it, that might actually be more valuable. So yeah. 
I think that weird halfway house you can get on the internet is really dangerous territory. And I think you just put your finger on that. So I'm glad well, you did. I think likes, for example, are just fool's gold. Yes. Well, fool's gold is a strong phrase, isn't it? But I take your <laughs> so, point. But here's what I would just say to you. And we're going to have a different conversation. One of our points down here is just alternate ways to acquire customers than advertising. And the phrase I like to use is cost per social action. When you do a campaign that's a brand campaign or a non-direct to consumer, not a direct response marketing campaign, where you want the sale to occur, like, mm -hmm. the, like sales focused campaign is one thing. And if you're doing non-sales focused campaigns, then it's in the whole universe of things like follow me on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube and follow me on Instagram and Sign up for my email list and give me your phone number for my text SMS marketing campaign list. All of those are prospect building campaigns. And in those types of campaigns, they might be current customers. They might not be, but you're, it's a communication goal in essence. And so the gist there is I, what the phrase I like to use is cost per social action. So it's not cost per sale, it's cost per social action. And so how much does it cost you to get somebody to Sign up for your email list, put their phone number on your text-based list, follow you on YouTube, and follow you on Instagram. Let's say those four, four outcomes. If you spent a dollar and somebody did each of those four, you've spent 25%, 25 cents per social action. And so that math is really super important when we talk about one of the upcoming topics here. I'll dive into further. I'll connect the dots on that in a moment. But Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, my, my strong pronouncement is all very dramatic, but it could be that it's complete nonsense or it's overcooked. What I would say, though, is this. I would pay so much more money for an email list acquisition or a phone number than a YouTube. And I'd pay sure. more for that than a like. There you go. Put yeah. it that way. I don't think all things are of equal value, which doesn't mean that that, that invalidates your points. Or maybe there is a value to be put on a Facebook like. It's just mm -hmm. maybe finding the right sort of yeah. number. I suspect the number's a lot lower than a lot of people prepared to yeah. spend, but that's right. a different thing. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here you go. So let's jump into the fourth one. So the fourth thing is review your campaigns often. Don't let them run unchecked. When your ads are skyrocketing in cost, the thing you want to do is really monitor your in increments that are much tighter. So you want to accelerate the frequency with which you clip off the ones that are really costing you a ton of money and really look to see what's working, what's not working. And so you just have to increase your intensity of management when ads are skyrocketing. And it's pretty obvious, but it, we would all do that intuitively anyway, but it should be, I think, put on the list. It's important to not neglect or forget about your ads and just let them run in times when, especially if you have it rigged up so that it will run expensively. <laughs> and it's better to set up your ads so that they won't spend money unless they meet your strict criteria then letting them blow money and not have super strict criteria inside the ad set. And so that's just something to think through. You don't want to just turn on the spigot and let the platforms do whatever they want with your money. That's a recipe for a blowout on your budget. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. Again, the Google platform, Facebook particularly, and I think Amazon increasingly, they're basically... Their economics are basically driven by ads. Amazon doesn't look like it is, but it mostly is. AWS to one side, right? everything about the retail store. Yeah, the idea of trusting them to, to spend your money wisely is just not going to fly. But yeah. I would say the other error is that muddling up things that are partly working and partly not because it's working, you don't want to touch it. So 
when you launch on Amazon, for example, it's not a bad idea to have a rather aggressive auto campaign because the algorithm is quite good at figuring out what keywords are going to get a product to sell and please their customers. But over time, what you need to do is then pull out the keywords from that are working and put them into their own manual campaign. So you get control and visibility to pull out the keywords that aren't working, use negative exact match. And then eventually you need to get the bids correct as well. So you need to refine, you need to pass things out. It's called peel and stick, I think, in the old Google ads world. Mm-hmm. Take the things out that are working, you reduce, you take the things out that aren't, and then you refine the bids. So you're only bidding as much as you need to, and that could include day parting and other sort mm-hmm. of complications. At that point, my advice, honestly, is to use an advertising agency or if you've got a smaller account and it's not worth the overhead, artificial intelligence. Because mm-hmm. trying to manually manage the bids for 100 keywords for one product is going to drive you a bit nuts. But if you've got 100 products, it's just impossible. Yeah, love it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And this, there's a lot of nuance there, isn't there, for how to do that effectively. But yeah. in general, top line suggestion is look deeply into what you're doing and review it frequently and tune it up as you go. And I yeah. think most of us over time get, we, the question is, are we, do we get increasingly competent at the tuning it up? It's almost like performance race car engines or something like if you give me a race car engine, I will more than likely break it than I would get it to work better. Yes. <laughs> so some people are better at tuning than others. And so yeah. you but if you're gonna be in this business, you're gonna want to get better at just some basic disciplines to say, I've got something working okay. How do I make it work really well? Or I can identify that this is not working and there's no value in it. There's no good part of this. And I need to dump it. And so that's the basic idea. Hey, folks, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you've made me gone from seeing the depressing topic of ad costs increasing to going to the rather more exciting possibility of decreasing or at least handling or holding back your advertising costs by these seven levers that we're going through here that that Jason's created. I've got to say that in the Amazon world, we're much more limited in scope and possibly even more squeezed than outside of it, but it's a reality everywhere. I know Facebook ads retargeting costs are suddenly shot up based on conversations with Facebook advertising experts I know in e-commerce who they found the iOS 14 update has really affected them. I know that Google is as a knock-on effect finding similar things retargeting is going to be more expensive. Therefore, all advertising is getting more expensive. So it's just a reality we have to deal with as e-commerce matures as an industry. I guess that the opportunity pool gets bigger, that the cost of entry gets higher and the level of skill needed is higher. So we're here to help you get and stay up to date with those skills. So do check out the show notes at theecommerceleader.com. And before I forget this episode, I will outline what Jason outlines at the end of the next episode is that we're running a contest. There is a $250 Visa gift card available. If you wish to put that towards some advertising for a product, you'd be very welcome. You can spend it on whatever you like, a nice dinner out for yourself and your partner. If you choose whatever you want, trip to somewhere nice for the kids for the day. We're basically going to ask you to subscribe to the show, Spotify or Apple. Doesn't matter. One of those two podcast platforms, which covers most people, I think. And if you refer a friend who also subscribed, you'll get extra points as well. And it's a great way to check out contests that, that that is one of the greatest ways to use paid traffic in a very effective way. And Jason's a master of that. If you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 423.